This communication was prepared for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment advice. All opinions or views reflect the judgment of the authors as of the broadcast date and are subject to change without notice. Julius Wealth Advisors, LLC, is a registered investment advisor. Our disclosure brochure, available at advisorinfo.sec.gov or through contacting us, provides further detail about our business, services, and fees. Welcome to the first ever Big Bo Show, that's show with a dollar sign. I'm your host, Big Bo, also known as Jason Blumstein, the CEO and founder of Julius Wealth Advisors. You can be reached at info at juliuswealth.com, 201-289-9181, and www.juliuswealthadvisors.com. Let me introduce this show to you. This show will be about three things. We'll eventually be adding people to the show as guests to talk about three core items, integrity, knowledge, and passion. But before I go into those three core items, let's give a brief explanation of who Big Bo is. Growing up, I was a two-sport athlete in South Florida. And when I was little, I was always a big kid. My dad ended up nicknaming me Bobo, and then I grew and grew, and that name eventually got old because when you're as big as I got up to, you can't really call a big guy Bobo. Uh, I got shortened to Bo. Uh, All my friends growing up only knew me as Bo uh, through school, through sports, and I even got to a point where I had to write my name down on a Scantron test, and I forgot my real name for a second which was Jason. Uh, In my professional life, people mainly know me as Jason, and that's why I want to introduce you how the name came about, since people in both phases of my life, growing up as a child, and now my professional life, know me as two different names, but this show is mainly about my core values. And those three core values are integrity, knowledge, and passion. Let's talk about integrity for a second. Call me old school, but when you look someone in the eye and you tell them they will to do something, I will do it. I've been working in the financial services industry uh, for the past 17 years. Have always been in this, interested in this since the age of 10. And I was at a conference earlier well, I guess at the end of last year in December, and they held up a presentation and in that it showed the trust index across all various industries in America. And not surprisingly, the financial services industry ranked last for 10 years in a row. I would maybe say, duh, because I've been working in this industry for so long. And what I tell people is that this is, we're in the trust industry. When you're dealing with people and their money and their finances, that's how people are going to remember you. And that's my mission. I want to change that. I want to change the fact that this industry, 
does not have a lot of trust uh, and integrity within it. Second thing is knowledge. I've always been a person that likes to learn, constantly wants to learn, mainly like to learn about the things I'm passionate about, which is food, football, and finance, which we'll get to later in the show. I've always believed in the phrase that the second you think you know everything is the second you know nothing. And the final part is passion. Passion is extremely important in life. You have to be passionate about what you do. If you're not passionate about what you do, you're going to go through life and you're going to wake up 20, 30, 40 years later and you're going to look back and potentially feel empty about who you are and what you've done. And I've always lived by the thought that my grandmother passed down to me is that there's only one thing in life that you can take and that's your name. And if you don't have a good name, then people won't remember you very well when you pass. You can't take your money. You can't take your job titles. All you can do is take with you is your name. In this show, I'm going to dive into all three of my passions and also invite others to share their passions and what brings them unquestionable joy in this world. So as I touched on earlier, my first passion since the age of 10 has been finance, investing, and personal finance. If you go to my website, www.juliuswealthadvisors.com, you'll see the background of how I got into this industry from my grandfather, Julius, whom I named my firm after. When he bought me my first five shares of Goodyear Tire and five shares of Pepsi. I'm not gonna go into that story now. I'll invite you to go onto my website, www.juliuswealthadvisors.com and read the blog, The 10-Year-Old Investor. But the one thing that I've noticed throughout my life is that most people that I come across lack basic financial literacy. And this upsets me, right? And this is what motivates me and makes me want to start this firm to try to pass on this knowledge of financial literacy to others. I was fortunate enough to, to learn this from, from my grandfather, the, the importance of this. And it's no wonder that most people do not have financial literacy. I always joke around with people in, in a serious manner, though, that the average education in America is through high school. I don't know about you, but when I was going through school, there is zero mandate on taking anything to do with money, personal finance, or anything like that in school. I had one year of an elective, one quarter of an elective, and I ended up taking it because I was interested in it. There's about 20 other kids in that class, but besides me and those 20 other kids, no one got any knowledge on financial literacy throughout school. But for some reason, we're mandated to take things like social studies and history, which are important, but the last time someone came up to me and asked me to name the 50 state capitals of America after I took that test has been zero. Yet every single day we have to deal with money. There's not one day that goes by that you're not dealing with money, whether you're buying milk at the grocery store, opening up a bank account, investing, what have you. 
So I'm on a mission to, to change this and educate people on finance, personal finance, and get rid of this uh, endemic where people essentially learn about personal finance by making mistakes. And I've seen this, I've seen this with very, very smart people, whether they be people in my own industry, doctors, lawyers, engineers, CEOs, entrepreneurs, athletes. We all are learning from our mistakes. And the worst thing someone could do is think they know everything. You have to give up what you don't know. This good example of this is when, I'm, when my wife asked me to do something around the house. I am the least handy person that you know. So what do I do? I research it, but ultimately I try to uh, bring in someone that knows more than me to help me out to fix the problem. The best thing someone could do when it comes to finances and personal finance is just start. And what I mean by that is take that first step to start to get educated, to start putting money away, to, to reach out to someone that knows more than you, to help you out. There's seemingly this anxiety or this embarrassment when it comes to uh, talking about money and talking about wealth in this country. But here's the facts. The facts are that people are struggling. The facts are that 40% of Americans can't afford a one-time unexpected expense. The facts are that the percentage of millionaires in this country hasn't changed on a real basis in over 20 years. So what, we, what, can, what are we going to do about it? Are we going to go ahead and continue to do the same things that, we, that we've done over and over and over again and expect different results? That is the definition of insanity, my friends. So we have to change that. And the best way that I help to explain this to people is the power of time and the power of discipline. Now, when I meet people and they haven't really had anything saved up, they're, they're living a rich life versus a wealthy life, which I'll probably get into in another show. They make good money, but they just spend pretty much every dollar they have and they're on this perpetual hamster wheel. And they get into it, maybe they put a $500 a month away or $1,000 a month or whatever, whatever, whatever they can do at the time. So after a year, if you're putting away $1,000, maybe you have $12,000 saved up and you get a 10% return. So now you made $1,200. After a year, like, oh, wow, like, okay, I made $1,200. I'm up to almost 13, over $13,000. You give up. That's not the right thing to do, in my opinion, because creating wealth is like a snowball. Because if you have that same 10% return on a $12,000 portfolio, you're only earning $1,200, which might not seem like a lot of money. To some people it might, to some people it might not. But you fast forward and you do this for five years, 10 years, 20 years, now your portfolio is at the $2 million due to the power of time and discipline and compound interest. And you make that same 10% return on a $2 million portfolio, the same percentage return. But now the amount of wealth you grew is $200,000. This is what I call the snowball effect. 
And the only way you get into that snowball effect is if you just start to begin with. So the best thing you can do is give up what you know and just start. Whether you hear this podcast today and you contemplate it, you put away your first $100, your first $1,000, whatever, I hope that in 10 years from now, when you go back and you listen to this podcast, you now have a large snowball and you can live the life and the wealthy life that you want to live. So let's go into my next passion. My next passion is football and football is very similar to building wealth. In football, you got to put in the time to be a champion. You can't just show up on a Sunday or Saturday in college or Friday if you're in high school and show up and you think you're going to win the game. You have to put in the time day in and day out and eventually you'll see the result. I saw this for myself. I ended up going to a uh, my local high school, put in some, some of the work, got noticed by a powerhouse private school, went there, played offensive line by due to the thank of, thankfulness of a, of a friend that uh, turned me on to the school, put in the work, put in the work, and eventually my team won the state championship in, in high school, and eventually I got a full scholarship to play football in college. The same thing goes into building wealth. You have to put in the time. Today you might not see the result. Tomorrow night you might not see the result, but eventually you will see that result and you will thank yourself five, the, the, you'll thank your five previous year old self on the work and the sacrifice that you put in. Now, the thing that I'm a little bit perplexed with is how my favorite team, Miami Dolphins, think about this. As many of you probably heard, uh, they decided to let go uh, a coach that, that I thought was good, that many people thought was good. If you, if you look at the Twitter feel, feeder um, of people, of reactions, everyone, everyone is kind of shocked of, of, of this. Um, and listen, no, no disrespect to uh, Mr. Ross, um, the owner of the Dolphins, but you know, he obviously knows a lot about developing real estate uh, but as this, at this point, as a loyal uh, Dolphin fan for almost 40 years, I'm, tr- I'm starting to question if he knows much about uh, developing a football team, right? He, he points to Flores' 24 and 25 record as a coach, but he doesn't point out that his first year, the front office was purposely trying to tank to get a good draft pick. So if you actually look at the last two years when he had to uh, get the pieces in place to turn the team around, he actually had a 19 and 14 record, almost making the playoffs twice. And I'll tell you, just being an athlete, playing on teams, having a coach, you don't have a team that starts off at a one and seven and then wins the last eight of their nine games and the team doesn't respect their head coach. Now I've had four coaches under Ross, or since he's taken off as, as the owner of the team, or a new coach every three years. So in my opinion, I'm questioning, is he a real estate developer? 
or a house flipper. Again, just like building wealth, a football team and a franchise, any team needs consistency. You need, you need a cohesive plan, you need to stick to that plan and block out the noise. That's one of the things that I respect the most out of Tom Brady. A lot of people question, oh, being a Dolphin fan, how can you like Tom Brady? It's the guy who has a plan. He has a plan and he does what it takes to win. Whether it means throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns, or throwing for 100 and no touchdowns and letting his running game do the work. You can see this when Howie was on the Patriots, in Tampa Bay. You can also see this consistency with other franchises, whether it be the Steelers, the Packers, the Seahawks. Consistency. Discipline. Having a plan, sticking to it, letting the plan unfold. And I just wish my Miami Dolphins would have this consistency so we can start to, to, build, to win, a, uh, win a championship at some point in my life. But enough about the negativity on the NFL. Let's talk about the positives. The positives are we have the NFL playoffs coming up. There are the two number one seeds are the Packers and the Titans. There are many great storylines going into the playoffs this year. You have Aaron Rodgers seemingly versus the world with what's been going on with him uh, this year. You have Mahomes, who most people uh, wrote him off in, uh, in the beginning of the year when they started off slow. I know firsthand I had him and Travis Kelsey on my fantasy football team, which was the worst uh, season I've had in, in my history of playing fantasy football. You have Belichick. People were questioning, well, was it Belichick? Was it Brady? Well, you saw what Brady did last year. Belichick had a bad year last year. Now this is his first year back in the playoffs without Brady. So I'm sure Belichick's trying to, uh, to, see, to show people what, what he can do. You also have Big Ben, Big Ben Roethlisberger, who, if you watch the game on Sunday night, the Raiders-Chargers game, uh, would have been uh, kind of uh, crazy to, to see Big Ben end his career based off of a tie. Uh, I wasn't rooting for a tie. I thought it would be interesting if one took place. I'm glad to see Big Ben uh, make it into the playoffs and see if he can ride out into the sunset. Uh, you have uh, young, young quarterbacks on the scene, Josh Allen, Kyler Murray. Joe Burrow and the, and the baby Bengals, one of my favorite uh, dark horses and teams that I've been keeping an eye on myself uh, with, with what they've done and, and Joe Burrow and, uh, and what I like to call swagger in the way that, that he operates. And then you have Tom, uh, Tom in uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, will, he, uh, will he go back to back and win his uh, eighth overall? So, uh, a lot of good storylines for the NFL playoffs. Um, we'll see who wins. I'll go into who I think will win. And, and being a former offensive lineman, I may be biased on this. But uh, if you look at football, and especially playoff football, they say the game is won in the trenches. And if you look at playoff football again, the teams that typically can run the ball and also stop the run are the teams that typically pull things off. And when I look at it, the team in the NFC that has stopped the ball, running the ball, is the Bucks. 
the Bucks are ranked third in the league in run defense. You obviously have Tom Brady, and it's very tough to go against Tom Brady with everything that he's accomplished in his life. Um, that by far, in my opinion, uh, the greatest of all time, also known as the GOAT, which is uh, the nickname that these youngsters are given to, to people these days. So I'm not going to go against Tom again. Last year, I didn't think uh, he was going to make it uh, to the Super Bowl, never mind winning it. So I'm going to pick uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to come out of the NFC. Moving over to the AFC, there's only one other team in the playoffs. And this is a surprising stat to me because uh, I never thought of this team of having a, uh, a decent defense. There's only one other team left in the playoffs that has a better run defense than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and that's the Tennessee Titans. Then if you also look at which team has the best running game left in the NFL playoffs, that is also the Tennessee Titans. And they're getting their workhorse running back back in Derrick Henry just in time for the playoffs. Now, he might not be 100%, but they were able to run the ball without him. And even if you get a Derrick Henry at 80%, 70%, 80%, it's still better than, than the vast majority of running backs in this league at 100%. So with the Tennessee Titans' ability to both run the ball and stop the run, I'm going to take the Titans to come out of the AFC. So we're looking at a Titans-Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl. Shameless plug here. First time ever in my life since they added an extra week to the NFL season that the Super Bowl falls on February 13th. It just so happens to be my 40th birthday. So please reach out and reach, wish me a happy birthday on that day and hopefully my picks of who went to the Super Bowl come to fruition. Now who wins? Who wins in the Super Bowl? Um, again, very tough to go against Tom Brady. However, I will. I will go against Tom Brady on here because I think they have uh, the Titans have the ability to uh, get after Brady uh, from a defensive front perspective and also run the ball to take the ball out of Brady's hands and control the clock. You also have their head coach who actually used to play with Brady. So I'm sure he knows uh, a lot about Brady on the other side of the ball being a, a linebacker himself. And I think he'll pull it off and, and take and take down uh, Tom Brady uh, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'll take the Tennessee Titans to win the Super Bowl. Again, my dark horse, though, however, is the Cincinnati Bengals. That's a that's a really fun team to watch. Um, probably too young, too inexperienced to go all the way this year. Uh, the other ironic part about the Tennessee Titans winning it all is that their quarterback. There's a gentleman named Ryan Tannehill, which, um, <clears throat> bringing it back to my friend, uh, Mr. Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, I recall him trading him away in, tw in 2019. But I digress. So moving on to my third passion. My third passion is, is food. Being, uh, being a pretty big guy um, uh, growing up, 
and, and currently I've always uh, had an interest in food. I've always, you know, watched uh, shows uh, that, like the like the Food Network constantly, and got into uh, got into uh, smoking foods like briskets, uh, chicken, uh, things like that. Thanks to my brother-in-law who bought me a smoker for my housewarming gift. Uh, so on, on this episode, I want to talk about, uh, a fun time we had in my neighborhood a couple weeks ago. We, uh, we, we had the first ever, uh, town smoke brisket contest. Uh, five guys from my neighborhood who all have smokers. We all are our own little group chat talking about, uh, our different techniques and different ways of pellet versus wood chips versus coal. Um, definitely not a pellet guy. Uh, that's a whole nother conversation. Uh, so we had this contest the first weekend of the year. Five five guys entered. Only one guy came away uh, victorious, uh, and I'm I'm sad to say that that was not me. Uh, I do think that uh, had a good effort. I think I got voted the best as the as the most traditional. I had people over my house uh, beforehand to to enjoy it. They all they all loved it and put a smile on their faces, which is this is really uh, which is really. Uh, all that matters to me, and I think the the true test in in this uh, in this social media driven world is um, someone uh, one of my neighbors tuned me into someone that uh, posted about uh, buying a a smoker and uh, and is that you know is getting older and is that the the last phase uh, you know, when you know you're getting older in life and I uh, tweeted out a picture of my my brisket to him and uh the finished product and i got back uh five five likes of of my 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 brisket and i don't uh i'm not sure if anyone else that entered that contest would have gotten the same so with that said i think i think i might be uh at least in my mind the uh the true winner of of that contest uh but it's all in good fun we all had a good time uh, and enjoyed ourselves and looking forward to the next contest to bring uh people together about uh about our passions uh and, and enjoying life and enjoying friends and enjoying family because uh, that's at the end of the day is uh, like i stated is what it's all about so with all this said i uh i, I hope you enjoyed the uh, first taping and episode of the big bow show i plan on putting this out once a month um, welcome feedback uh, on it. Pros, cons, always open to constructive feedback uh, on the show. You can reach me again at uh, jason at juliuswealth.com or info at juliuswealth.com. Phone number 201-289-9181. Website www.juliuswealthadvisors.com. I thank everybody for tuning in. Uh, enjoy your life. Enjoy your passions, have integrity, build your knowledge, build your passions, and enhance the financial literacy of the people around you. All the best. Until next time.